Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. And happy Thursday, everybody. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, the best in new inventory. Great pre-owned inventory with the summer. Terrific service department that backs it all up every step of the way. Routine, difficult, they can handle it all, and they're always looking for more technicians. I mean, they've been busy over there. They're busy because they're good at it. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online, sunburymotors.com. You're looking for a job? You want to get in with a first-class... Why don't you consider Sunbury Motors? They've been hiring technicians. Okay, so uh, let's, uh, let's see... I always have to check and see what direction we're going in the show today. Because I've been all over the map. (laughs) But just in the last uh, month, I've been to Washington, Orlando, Detroit, back to Washington. Because that's where College Park is. In fact, I... And uh, the uh, and then I still have to go to uh, New York, Atlanta, uh, Lansing, and Philadelphia. And I do all that in a two-week span starting next week. And then next week, let's see. And by the way, we have, uh, what, Bill Bender today? Yeah, Bill would be great. Looking forward to that. The... um, And then what? This this let's see. I've got a game Saturday. MC the quarterback club football banquet on Sunday. Then Tuesday I have hoops club. MC. Thursday next week will be the talk show again. I have one tonight. Thursday's the network talk show. Friday I have quarterback club with James. And then from. There, I will then, after this show, go to New York and do the game at Madison Square Garden and then come back. And then, it's, you know, I shouldn't say it's sort of quiet, because I'll have to do something with letter of the 10th day early in the morning on the 20th, and I get a game on the 21st. And then, um, I'm going to be very selective as to who can find me <laughs> on Christmas weekend. Very selective. <laughs> 
I mean, I'll do the show on the 22nd. But the second the show is over on the 22nd, <laughs> I'm going to be... I'm going to be very hard to find. <laughs> on the 23rd, 24th, 25th, 26th, I'm like, uh, well, 26th, I'll back, be back doing the show. And then the 27th, I'm going to Atlanta. And I'll be down there until the... And come back the morning of the 31st after the game. Then spend New Year's here. Uh... New Year's Eve and New Year's here. And then go to East Lansing on the 3rd. Do the game the 4th. Come back. And then Saturday the 6th go to Philly. And then um, do the game on the 7th. Come back. Because that's an early game. That's a noon game. So, yeah. I know we were hoping to have Ross Tucker today. Couldn't quite work out the time to do the interview. So that's fine. But I can tell you that on Monday at 1.45, Gary Stoken, the president and CEO of the Peach Bowl, is going to be our guest. And uh, he, I've never met him. I've never talked to him. But it's not as if we don't have mutual friends. We do. And the mutual friends I have talked to, Oh, and out of nowhere, ladies and gentlemen, Donnie Collins is going to join us. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> All right. It's uh, great. Great to have Donnie out, too, to go with Bill Bender. It's always good when you find out good things the last second. You're like, yeah, that's a good thing. Didn't know about it? That's good. All right. So, um... So, yeah, it, it's busy, but as I pointed out, the <laughs> when, as soon as the show's over on the 22nd, from 3 o'clock in the afternoon on the 22nd until, I don't know, maybe 10 in the morning on the 26th, right? <laughs> Because I already have, I mean, I already have the, except for a couple things, I have to maybe make a couple of adjustments here and there. I have the Peach Bowl already prepared, so it's not it's not a big deal. And when I'm done with the LeMoyne game, for obvious reasons, I'm not going to be able to do the, the Ryder game on the 29th because the turnarounds, too. I couldn't, I couldn't do that game and then get to Atlanta. To be on the air 1030 the next day, I can't do it, so... Yeah. All right. Couple things. Let's see. We'll get to basketball in a moment. Uh, a lot of people are wondering. Okay, what's going on with Manny Diaz? Well, Manny is is appears to be the one that Duke is really looking at. So we they say the next twenty four hours will be the key. Um, and we'll find out. I, that you know, that's it's not something where I sit there and you know I haven't seen Manny. The last time I saw Manny was uh, leaving Detroit. 
And remember, I didn't travel with the team, so it wasn't like kind of. But it was just it was just after the game in the hallway, and that was it. I haven't seen him since because most of the practices to this point have been uh, GA run practices to this point. The practice, the last practice I went to was Monday, and it was all the uh, uh, the developmental squad guys, and that's where I got to meet Andy Koltanicki. Uh, got have a chance to talk to him, meet him, you know, great, meet his family. That was great. Uh, they're going to go this afternoon, so I haven't been around Manny at all in. 13 days so I couldn't tell you in a million years to get any read on anything he's got to do what he needs to do that he thinks is best for his life uh, and for his career and so we'll see um, but supposedly uh, Duke is uh, it's going to be an interesting 24 hours there uh, portal everything has stayed stable in the portal for Penn State to this point with Christian Driver in, Alex Paquetta in, Jace Tutty in. Uh, there are 1,300 players in the portal right now. 1,300. Uh, and Chop Robinson is the only one to this point. And again, they're not going to do it in a, hey, there's going to be eight guys telling everybody in one day what they're doing. That's not, that's not how it goes. Uh, these guys are allowed to have their own time, their own space, their own day to announce what they're doing. Uh, and uh, so far, Chop Robinson's the only one in the NFL draft and has said he's not going to play in the Peach Bowl. Nobody else has said a word yet about what they are doing or not doing. Uh, the quarterbacks, supposedly Kyle McCord is visiting Nebraska. That's not a surprise. That seemed right out of the gate. That was going to be one of the spots. And here's another name to look for in terms of like where he could end up. Cam Ward, whom I think is a, a – whenever I watch Washington State play, I was really impressed. It's going to be really interesting to see if there's any connection between he and Ohio State. So that's another one to keep a long look at. All right, we'll talk basketball in a moment. Last night's game went to overtime. We'll talk about that as we continue here on News Radio 1070 WKOK, brought to you by Sunbury Motors. Okay, so uh, let's uh, get to uh, last night's game. Um, Penn State really, um, that was what they can be last night. Uh, They went out last night and they played with passion. They played connected. For the most part, they played smart. Uh, Ran some good offense. Defended hard. Uh, I mean, Maryland only shot 34% for the game. What hurt them was the rebounding part really hurt them. I mean, 
the number of second chances that Maryland got. I mean, to be honest with you, the offensive rebound was a critical part of the Maryland offense last night. And um, that's... uh, And that's something that's really, uh, really interesting. Um, oh, here we go. I've got some All-Americans to talk about, too. We'll talk about that in a moment um, for football. Um, and they went out and the um, they forced some turnovers, but Maryland took better care of the balls the game went. Uh, Julian Reese, who was Angel Reese's brother, by the way, had um, career a tie to career high in points and also in rebounds last night. I mean, the rebounding part was the critical part that swung the game uh, uh, in terms of getting Maryland opportunities. It was then the free throw line, and this has been a history that's happened down there. This is not, 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 not an anti-officiating rant. Uh, for anybody who listened to the game last night, find me a spot in the game where Dick Girardi and I said anything critical about the officials. We didn't. We didn't say a critical word about the officials all night. Um, like zero. Okay? Uh, so this is not that. Uh, what it is is just a commentary on what it meant. Maryland is a team that came into the game through the first eight games of getting 25% of their points from the free throw line, which ranks, I think, 23rd or 24th in the country in percentage of points. 25%. So it's, that's a pretty good number to begin with. Last night they got 38% of their points from the free throw line. 38% of their points were from the free throw line last night. That's what essentially kept them in the game because they were able to get offensive rebounds, and many times off those offensive rebounds, they were getting fouled. And they got 38% of their points from the free throw line. Huge. Penn State had a really good practice on Monday. I'm watching Monday's practice. I was like, all right, that looks like the team I was expecting to see. They then followed it up on Tuesday. Like, okay, that's Monday. Let's see, can they follow up Tuesday? They followed it up and did the same thing on Tuesday. Like, okay. And then they played that way against Maryland. So now after stacking those days together, the key will be coming out, and it'll be a little more limited today. They're going to go in the arena today. How do they practice today? Same way, paint touches, defensive connectivity, Everything. Okay? So let's see. Uh, and then they have to, then can they do it again tomorrow in practice? Which then leads into the game and then play the game at home and play an even higher level on Saturday against Ohio State. And Ohio State's 8 1. Their one loss was at home to Texas AM. Uh, they beat Alabama. Uh, they won their Big Ten opener and last night beat Miami of Ohio. So they're 8 1 coming in. It's a good team. It is a good team. And that'll be at 6 o'clock on Saturday, 5 30 the airtime. But the rebounding, that's where Penn State lost the game last night, was the glass, especially when the two, when the two big guys fouled out. 
uh, Q, uh, Q to Swahab and, um, and Demetrius Lilly because they still don't have favor IRA available. And when they fouled out, they had to go to the smaller lineup. It just got worse. Uh, CBS Sports has announced its All-American teams. Olu Fashionu is a first-team All-American. Daquan Hardy is a third-team All-American as a punt returner. Sport, uh, Sports Illustrated, Olu is a first-team All-American. Add second-team All-American. And Pro Football Focus released its All-American group. Chop Robinson was a second-team choice on that. So there you go. Those are some of the All-American teams coming out. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory, great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors Guarantee. Service department that backs it up every step of the way. Routine, difficult to handle it all, and they need more technicians. You're thinking about maybe a job, a job change, whatever, consider them. It's all at uh, Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Very pleased to bring in the outstanding Donnie Collins, Scranton Times Tribune. Hello, Donnie. Great to have you back. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Steve. Well, it's another slow time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) Not much going on. (laughs) We're obviously playing the waiting game. You know, we'll see what the next, you know, 24 hours spring with with Manny Diaz. What's been just? I mean, look, he's going to be a hot commodity. So I mean, that 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 part was not a surprise. Donnie. Yeah, Steve. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I. Uh, uh, yeah, man. Oh, uh, that's you a, there. Sorry about that. Yeah. Yes, I'm here. Yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, I, but. I, it's been such a such a blow time of year that I, I fell asleep there for a second. Uh, but, but yeah, yeah. It's, with, with, with Manny, it's uh, you know you, you know you go into the off season knowing that somebody's going to want him, and it's just a matter of is the job going to be one that he, he number one wants to be at for a while, or two thinks that he can that can get him to a level where he wants to be at as a head coach, wherever that may be. And you know, it, it, it's not surprising as soon as Duke. You know, when Mike Elko goes to to uh, Texas A and M, you knew that's a that's an opening that kind of made some sense for him. It's, you know, it's it's in you know in North Carolina uh, in the ACC. You know, they're going to uh, he's got some connections there for sure, and it, it, it made some sense. So that that was kind of one that was on the radar. 
uh, for for a couple of days now anyway, where where Manny would would make some sense. And you know, it's it's just a matter of you know, at this point, does does he feel that staying at Penn State is better than than being the the head coach at Duke? Uh, and, and I don't know what the answer is is ultimately going to be, but but one way or the other, I mean, that's if that's life is a as a big time coordinator. I mean, when you've had success, I mean, everybody wants you. Everybody is going to be after you, and I think that's a good thing for Penn State. And, and I think Penn State thinks that's a good thing for Penn State to to have these in demand coordinators. And it's it certainly if if he leaves, it'll it'll set up a very interesting. Uh, an interesting search for his replacement because it's it's a little bit different. We we kind of know what James Franklin likes to go after on the you know, on the offensive coordinator front because he's changed him a quite a bit. But but really, it's not it's it's only been Manny outside of Brent Pry for for ten years. Uh, it, it seemed like as, as the defensive coordinator, where he's he's only really made one outside hire since, since Bob Shoup was was the defensive coordinator when he got to Penn State. So it, 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 there's going to be some mystery involved if, if Manny Diaz leaves as to how James Franklin's going to go about replacing him. Players announce their decisions. and I feel like whenever somebody announces their decision, it's like everybody gets their own day to do it. The staff already knows who's staying and going. Uh, but the first one that, to say he was going and not going to play in the Peach Bowl was Chop Robinson. What was your thought on that? That's not a again, you know, another one that if if you're a Penn State fan, you're probably watching Chop and hoping he wants to play, but thinking that's not going to happen. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he. I was thinking this the other day. Uh, you know, how good is Chop Robinson historically at Penn State? Because I think you, know, you, you look at his explosiveness off the edge, and he he the way he played was really perfect for the system that that Manny runs at Penn State. You know, he, he's he's constant pressure on uh, on the quarterback he's able to line up in different spots uh the Iowa game was a was a real clinic with that with with chopping that prowler package lining up all over the place over center uh doing a, doing a really good job there showing his versatility but, but I think chops one of those guys who can who can do anything he's clearly going to play in the NFL he's clearly a, a top one or two round I'm pretty much every analyst and not not that that really matters but you know, when you when you have a a consensus like that, it shows you what what the what the industry thinks of him. And and, and I, I think Chop at that point made the decision for for himself that, that I think Penn State understands and Penn State fans should understand because he had a he had a really good two year run and he's an NFL guy. And it, it's a you know it, it's interesting. I I would love to be a fly on the wall in these these discussions about who who plays the bowl game or who doesn't, who leaves early and who doesn't because you want to know. What realistically goes into it, but there there seems to be no. You know, sometimes you do at other programs, especially you see guys who who don't really have a realistic shot at going in the first or second round, kind of opting out just to in hopes that that, that they that they will get that that chance. But I think Chop is one of those guys where you where you look at the the body of work and it was exemplary for two seasons, and and now it's time to go. Then there's Olu Fashionum. Olu, uh, so far, CBS, Sports Illustrated, The Athletic have come out with their All-American teams. He's first-team All-American on all of them to this point. Donnie, you go through two years. I mean, two years. He never gave up a sack. I mean, you watched it just like I did. Yeah, I, I don't know if... if... And I'm certainly not a, an NFL GM or a 
scouting guy or, or whatever. And, and I certainly don't have the number one pick in the in the draft. I don't work for the Bears, but I I, I don't know <laughs> how you I don't know how you pass. The there's going to be a lot I, of I, people really not don't. there's going to be a lot of people not working for the Bears in about a month. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm thankful I'm not working for the Bears. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> getting my affairs in order. But yeah. but yeah yeah, yeah Olu is. I, I don't remember a more dominant college football player. I, I really can't. Where, where he comes in, and you, the first time you saw him in that, that really got a good look at him in that Outback Bowl, and you thought, yep. hey, where has this guy been? Why is this guy not playing for, you know, he, you know he, he's, a, he's a starter caliber right there. It's, it, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's obvious, and it's been obvious with Olu from the, from the first day. And you, you go back and, you know, you watch some games, and sometimes I just sit and watch Olu on offense. And it's it's fascinating because his his guy, you know, no matter what they threw at him, he, he stonewalled it. He, he was a he was very consistent, great in the run, great in the run game, great in pass protection. And and, and the the crazy thing with Olu is what is he twenty one? Yes, he's yeah, he's not even he's just learning how to play. He's he's got this unreal talent that is translating to. Yeah, dominance at the college level, and certainly, certainly he's going to the NFL. I, I, I don't think I, I, he hasn't made a decision, to my knowledge yet, unless it happened in the last half hour. But, but, but certainly, to my, to my knowledge, he's going to be a the, the top tackle taken, and should be, and I, I think he should be the top player taken in the draft. Now, whether he plays in the bowl game or not. I don't know. I think he's a little different because he didn't play in the bowl game last year. Not, not that that matters. I, I, I think in this day and age, where you know he's, I don't think Olu's going to in 15 years when he's a an All Pro and you know his career is over. Hopefully, looking back and saying, you know, I, I really wish I played in the Rose Bowl or the Peach Bowl. But I, I don't know that it's not a a, a factor either. So I, I think it'll be interesting to see. And 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 the one thing you know, and you know it as well as I do. Players at Penn State seem to play the bowl game at a higher rate. Uh, these prospect types more than they do at other schools. So, yes. So I, I, I think that you know, however James Franklin and the staff kind of sell them on the benefits of that, he does a great job of it. Where, where they don't even try or aren't as successful in other places. So, may, so maybe Olu gives it a shot. I think there's a couple of guys who uh, who, who, will, who will maybe uh, consider playing in the game that that you would think could consider opting out. What do you think of this matchup and this game, the way it ended up playing out? It, I think it's a somewhat dangerous matchup for Penn State um, in the sense that I think Ole Miss is better than the, the public thinks it is. They have, they have a really good running back. Judkins is a is a terrific, terrific running back. Even though he's got a year this year. Yes, he, did. he is. Yeah, he, yeah. It, it, last year he, was, he had a better statistical season, but he's a good player. Jackson Dart is is, is tremendous. I, I think he's going to be one of the two or three best quarterbacks they'll have, they'll have seen all year. Might be a little bit of McCarthy. So I, I think you know it, they're they're a better team than people think, but they're coming in ranked a little lower than Penn State. It's not like you're playing Oklahoma where it's a blue blood, and and you think even if Oklahoma's a little down, you've accomplished something. You've beaten Oklahoma. Um, but I, I, I think this is or certainly Georgia, uh, other schools like that, that they could have played in the, if, the, if the standings were a little different than they are right now. But, you know, if, if you look at Oklahoma, or excuse me, Ole Miss and what they're all about, I think, I think it's a very good contrast of style. I think it'll be an entertaining game. 
you know, a really great defense against a, a really terrific offense. Uh, but I, I think, you know, the, the general mindset of this from Penn State fans will be Penn State should win this game. And I, 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 think, I think they should, but just keep in mind, this is a SEC team coming into a bowl game, and they're going to be pretty close to full strength. I mean, they're, they're not going to lose all that much. Uh, Lane Kiffin said as much at the, at the press conference on Sunday, and if you look at it, I mean, they haven't really lost a ton. They're gonna, it's very rare these days where you get a full-strength SEC team in a, in a New Year's Six game. But I think Penn State's going to get one, and I think it's going to be a really good challenge because like, Penn State, outside of, outside of CHOP, will be as close to full-strength as you can expect them to be. And you know, CHOP makes a big difference, but there's, that's certainly a deep position, too. So I, I think this is going to be a of the New Year's Six games, I think this is the most fun matchup outside of the outside of the playoff. Yeah, no, it, it, there's no question, and it's interesting because that team, Ole Miss, is really built on the transfer portal. Twenty-one of the twenty-five top twenty-five guys on defense, twenty-one of them are transfers. Fourteen twenty-five on offense are transfers. So Lane Kiffin has used the portal over. And over again, <laughs> it, it, it's it's really going to be interesting to in, in ten years. I think go back and look at how different programs used it because you know if you I, I like the way Penn State uses it. They use it at certain positions, and it's I, I I I really think the way to use it kicker and punter every year. Just go get your kicker and punter out of the portal. I, I think that's really smart. <laughs> I, I, I think that's that's the way they do it. Get your backup. Why get your rotational pieces on both lines out of the portal? Penn State's done that. It, you know, if you're looking for number one receivers out of the portal, sometimes you're going to hit, sometimes you're going to miss. And I think when you look at Ole Miss, and a good example is Michigan State. I mean, the, the one, the, the first year out, they hit a, they hit home runs out of the portal. Kenneth Walker, a lot of di- different guys like that, and they were great. They haven't hit out of the portal since. Sure. And, and I think Michigan State, or, excuse me, Ole Miss is in one of those spots where they're they've hit out of the portal. So I, I, I think everyone's going to have a different portal uh, portal mindset as, as this thing gets more established. But Kiffin is a guy who, he's, number one, he's a weird guy in, in the sense that he's kind of got this professional mindset about it because his dad was <laughs> such a, a, a big-time assistant coach in, in, in the pros. So I, I think he's got, he, he knows how to build teams in ways that, that – on untraditional ways here that, that, that some college coaches won't. So I, I think Kiffin makes that a, a dangerous spot. And, and, and this is a team, Old Miss, that, you know, right now they're kind of just a sleeper here. But I, I think that's a, when you talk about the 12-team playoff, I think that's another team that's benefited by that. Yeah. Well, they would have been in. They'd, they'd, they'd be getting ready for Georgia. Penn State would be getting ready for Ohio State. Uh, how interested are you – Yes. Yeah. Uh, how interested are you to to spend a few days listening to Lane Kiffin and to cover him? Because that's something none of us have had a chance to do. How interested are you in that part? <laughs> uh, surprisingly, very. Um, you know, we, a couple of buddies of mine. I actually have a buddy who does radio at Kentucky, and uh, so he. A lot, most of the year he talks he'll send me a lot of stuff hey did you hear what Kiffin said this time about whatever and you know it's, it's, it's once a month I get a Lane Kiffin text so I'm, I'm intrigued to see about him and that's something I, 
I, I think that you know I I don't necessarily write about the coaches so often, but I do like to see what they're all about because they're the consistent part of these programs, right? I mean, when you think of Ole Miss, you think of Lane Kiffin first and foremost, and that was the the two teams I really wanted to see in in, in a bowl matchup just based on who the head coach was was either Missouri with Trinkwitz because he's kind of a character too, and and definitely Ole Miss with with Kiffin because, who knows? I mean, it's not like Penn State's going to play Ole Miss every year maybe once every 10 years if they run into each other in a, in a tournament then yeah you, you, could, you could see that but I, I, I think it'll be really fun to see to see uh, to see what he's all about and kind of get to know him a little bit better because he is he is fun I mean he's not everybody's cup of tea especially in the SEC but <laughs> but he's he is a fun guy for the game and, and, and I, I kind of think he's I, I, I like characters so, so I'm, I'm looking forward to, to Lane a little bit uh, in the end we with the four teams in the playoff, the the bottom line is they were supposed to start the twelve team playoff this year, but that fraud alliance—that's my word, Donnie—that <laughs> Warren and Phillips and Klyovkov formed without a signed contract delayed it. So the ACC commissioner is a part of the delay. How do you think it? You know, in the end, did they make the right four choices? Yeah, it depends on I, – I mean, look, it doesn't – this is one of those things I tell everybody this. It doesn't matter what I think because, I mean, when does it really matter what any one person thinks? But but right. the, the, the rules are the rules, and it says nowhere in there, in, in, in the bylaws of the College Football Playoff Committee, do you take the four most deserving teams. You Because if so, Penn State would have been in the tournament – Seven years ago, I mean, and I think everybody kind of understands that. What what you have here is take the four best teams, and there's very a very narrow list of things that everybody knows about that that they have to consider. And strength of schedule is one of them, and head-to-head matchups is one of them, and conference championships is one of them. And Florida State on strength of schedule is 55th, and Alabama was was ninth or something like that, and and. You're not. Right. I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry to say this to, to Florida State, but I don't know what they expected. Well, do you expect them to leave the SEC right. out because they beat Louisville by ten points in the in, in, in the ACC championship game? No, they're, <laughs> they're not leaving the SEC out. They're not leaving Michigan out, and they're not leaving Washington out. Washington's a, a very exciting team, so there's they're, they're just not doing any of that. So it's basically one spot for everybody else. And I, I, I put on Twitter on Saturday before the game, they, they have to be really, really impressive to, to make this tournament. And I got a lot of blowback on it, but they did. They, they, they had to be really impressive offensively with a backup quarterback. They had to show that that kid could win, and, and they didn't. And, and I think it stinks for Florida State. But look at this. Look at it this way. They knew there was five conferences. They're the power of five. It says right in the title, power five. But there's only four spots. And they do this. So they can manipulate it a little bit. It's it's just the, the way of the world. I mean, they they want to – ratings do matter. And I'm not saying I think ESPN had anything to do with it. I think they got the four, quote-unquote, best teams. I don't think they got the four most deserving teams, but they got the four best, and that's really what they're charged with. Now, I, I, do I wish the SEC got left out? Yes, because I think that would have been a pretty good story to follow and it would have been funny. But I, I, I don't – think I could sit here and make a good argument to Florida State with 
a backup quarterback was going to beat Alabama. And do I, also, at that, at that same note, if, if Jordan Travis doesn't get hurt, do I think Florida State's going to make the field? Yes. I think Alabama's out at that point. I, I, I think the, the, the committee, whether you agree with them or not, is consistently inconsistent in a way where they get the four teams that I think the majority of the people think are the four best, whether that's a painful decision or not. And I think it was just happened to be a painful decision this year because Florida State had a, had a legitimate claim and the SEC champion had one loss. But, you know, it, 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 was, it was a different kind of year. I mean, very few people talking about this, but Georgia was the number one seed going into the weekend, and they didn't make the tournament. And I don't, not that I think they should have, but that's right. the first time ever that that happened, that somebody went in at number one into the, right. into the championship weekend and didn't make the field. So I think a lot of different things happened because it was so close to the top, and there's, there's really not a clear number one team. I think everybody, you ask 100 people, and you're going to get – maybe 25 people saying each of those four teams could win the tournament. I, 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 so, I, so I think it's, it was a little bit just of a different year. And, hey, it's the last year of it, too, until, until next year when the number 13 and 14 teams start complaining. The only part of that answer that hurt was the part that we can give opinions and nobody should care. Right? Jeez, Donnie, this entire show's built on that. <laughs> yeah, I built a career with, with opinions that, as James, as James says, opinions you state as facts, and now I just go and, and blow the cover on it. I know, but because <laughs> <laughs> I've said that for a long time. It says, you know what? People can disagree with what I think. That's fine. I don't worry about stuff like that. They're just opinions. <laughs> hey, Donnie. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the time, as always, my friend. All right, Steve, no problem. We'll see you. Donnie Collins, Grand Times Tribune. <laughs> They're only opinions. Oh, oh, hurt. <laughs> no, he's right. I feel the same way, you know. We try to have fun with it along the way. We try to be informative. We try to use facts surrounding our opinions. Um, but that also doesn't mean we're right about everything. So, yeah, yeah. Lane Kiffin will be a trip. I mean, he's already. Uh, did you see the tweet he put out? Mm, was it Monday? Whatever day Chop announced, he put out a tweet congratulating Chop Robinson on going to the draft. <laughs> At first, I looked at it. Yep, that's Lane Kiffin. Here we go. <laughs> Welcome to his Twitter world.